since the inception of Survivor, uh, nearly, I guess, 25 years ago, uh, Outwit, Outplay, and Outlast has been the ongoing mantra. Last week, we talked about the Outwit portion of Survivor, uh, and this week, we're going to talk about Outplaying, specifically how that relates to the challenges in Survivor. Uh, welcome. This is the Idle Talk Podcast. My name is Peyton, and I'm joined by my friend, Jacob. How are you doing today, Jacob? Pretty good. I uh, had a friend's birthday party last night, so that was fun and started my judo job in a few days, which is pretty exciting. So I feel like I'm starting to become a real adult. So it's pretty crazy. How are you, Jen? Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well ish. Uh I, I witnessed a hit and run today. Uh so that was that was interesting. Uh, would you like to hear about what that was, or should I just leave it at I witnessed a hit and run? No, I think you need to elaborate that. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't like a, a hit and run on like a person outside of a car, but it was a hit and run on a car. Um, so like you hit a car, drove off. Uh, but it, there's more to it than just that. So what happened? Driving on the road, three-lane road. I'm in the far left lane. Traffic, the, the speed on this road, the, the speed limit is 45. We're all moving like 30, 35. We're not even up at the speed limit. There's quite a bit of traffic. And I see in my rearview mirror this like old raggedy, like tan Volkswagen Jetta. Like got to be like 2004. I, I could probably look at the models online and find one that looks pretty close. It's old. Uh, but it's coming up really fast. The fastest I've ever seen a car on this road go. Got to be like over 60 miles an hour. It was going so incredibly fast, coming up behind me, and I'm, I'm kind of scared because I think he's just gonna run into me. Uh, but I, I hold my course and I'm just kind of bracing. He goes around me, weaves, flies by like so fast. It's hard for me to explain how fast this dude flew by me. It was so fast. Continues to weave around cars, um, and gets in front of the car that's in front of me, and ahead of us is a red light. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I don't know where Bro thought he was going, uh, but he's going way over the speed like double the speed of everybody else and slams on his brakes because it's a red light and there's traffic in front of him does not stop in time and hits the back of a white tesla uh which is probably the worst car to hit in this scenario because one it's a tesla driver and two that thing's got cameras all around it i was about to say yeah so but so that happens and i'm just like oh my god that was crazy I was like, what? Like, I was like, oh, I'm just having to get around. There was like, now it's going to be an accident, this sort of thing. Uh, the Tesla driver, she gets out of her car. She walks around. She looks at him, does this like, what the heck? Sort of like very clearly, most like, what are you doing? Driver opens up the door to his car, gets out, is standing quite a bit taller than her. He's a, he's a tall guy. And like yells, like full angry yells, uh, I can't hear what he yells, but it scared her. She jumped back. He looked very angry, whatever, whatever. Got back in the car, slammed his door. The second that happened, the car in front of me uh, drove around. Like, it got in a left turn lane, went around them. The light had turned green by this point. They didn't want any part of that. Uh, and in them doing that, now there's nothing between me and this crazy driver. He gets back in his car, and I see the reverse lights come on on his car. And I'm like, Brick, this dude's about to just ram right into me. So mm-hmm. I, she gets out her camp, her phone, and starts recording. I've already got mine out and I'm recording. I'm like, if this dude runs into me, I don't got I don't have a dash cam, but I'm ready. And so I'm sitting there recording. He backs up, 
I thought he was going to hit me. He didn't hit me. And then he like drives off. Uh, but I was able to zoom in, got the license plate number, uh, and the car, the make, the model, all that. So I reported that to the police because I don't know if she got that information, but she ended up chasing him. Oh my gosh. So I don't know what happened beyond it. Uh, I had to turn into Chick-fil-A to get uh, my lunch because uh, my turn was coming up. But I, I don't know what happened. I ended up submitting it to the police as just like a, a tip. And I was like, hey, here's the video and here's the license plate. I don't know if they got it. If they end up reporting it, here's evidence. So I, I stand with Tesla lady. I hope you get your car fixed. Uh, but that was eventful. Uh, I, I really like I had a, just a moment of panic thinking he was going to back into me. Uh, and then part of me kind of wanted him to, because I've got him on video. I'm going to win, and I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, I, I was like, oh, I can sue. Like, oh, any lawyer will take this case any day. This is great. Uh, but also, I was like, I don't really want to deal with that today. So I, I almost I almost made a lot of money, but I also almost had a lot of problems. So I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take no, no trouble beyond that. But that's how my morning went. Uh, now, that doesn't relate to Survivor at all. But I felt like it uh, was worth worth mentioning because uh, it's it's a pretty pretty it was a pretty big deal. I've I've never witnessed that. I've I've witnessed a couple crimes in my life, but never uh, uh never never a little hit and run thing. So that was kind of crazy. At least it wasn't a person. That would have been yeah, worse that, if it was a person. Oh man, like that's one. I I had a teacher in high school that witnessed a hit and run on a person, and he told us about it. And I was I just can't even imagine like how traumatizing. That would be like yeah, he witnessed someone. He witnessed someone like they were like jaywalking, uh, and just got hit by a car moving full speed, and like just got clipped like, like down like on the ground. Had to bring an ambulance, and he was there. And like I was like, I, I can't imagine that. That would be pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, luckily it wasn't it wasn't that. Uh, and I guess luckily for the driver, they drive a Tesla, so they definitely have a lot of evidence. And then I got the license plate and submitted it. So we'll see. If anything comes of that, I'll keep you updated. If the police contact me further, <laughs> did maybe you, I'll get a did, maybe I'll get a cash reward. That'd be kind of fun. Did the did you tell the police they could like contact you about mm. like if they figure anything out? Yeah, I said like I mean I was like I don't mind giving more information. I was like I have a little bit of it on video. Gave them the video. We'll see. I don't know, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, uh, that that's my best transition. But speaking of crazy, uh, challenges in Survivor can be crazy. You like that? That was pretty no, good. No, that was a bad transition. Uh, no, but it's the best I got. In Survivor, uh, it's a pretty common, uh, normal thing is, you know, there's challenges. It's been there since season one. We recently watched season one. And if you listened to the last episode, we were comparing the challenges in season one of Survivor to... Uh, the challenges in season 45, the most recent season of Survivor, or not challenges, the uh, strategy portion. So this week we want to do it with the challenges. And uh, I think the best place to start with that is really just to talk about the challenges in season one. Uh, and then we can kind of compare those to this most recent season. So I'm wondering, Jacob, what challenges from season one are, uh, in your mind, the most memorable? They don't have to be the best. They don't have to be the worst. They're just the ones that stick out in your mind when you think about challenges from season one of Survivor. I think the most obvious memorable one is the Blair Witch, <laughs> the Blair Witch Project yeah. challenge. It was really weird. They had to like go into the jungle, mm -hmm. and it started off with a video of Jeff, 
like filming himself with a camcorder being like, oh, they took me into the woods. This is the Survivor Blair Witch Project. And I was, I was just like, this is so cringe, but so funny. And so then they go into the woods and have to, the, well, Jeff starts off by telling them a bunch of uh, trivia about the island of Survivor and where they are and kind of how the game has progressed. For instance, one of the things they said was every single person who had been voted out, their torch went out during tribal council. The wind, like mm-hmm. the wind had put out their torches during the, the tribal council. And so that was one of the clues. And so they had to go into the jungle and find these tiki masks that had questions on them and record themselves filming the answer. And I just think the most iconic part is Rudy going up to every single question, reading the question and just being, I don't know. Yeah, and then move on to another question. Of them. Reading it, I don't know. It was so funny to watch. Yeah, it was it was a really great moment. Yeah, they're they're running out there and they're they're answering trivia about like the islands, um like the mythology of the island and the spiritual yeah. and like kind of nature of the island and what the I guess the legends of, of the island are and stuff. So yeah, that that's definitely it's interesting because I mean the Blair Witch Project, I Googled it because I wasn't sure. Came out in nineteen ninety nine. So really? I guess it was a thing. Right, I, so it was. I thought it was. A, it was a thing there. At the or is moment. there? Is there? Is there a remake that came out recently? Then, because I thought yeah, it was there was like one a, in like there was one movie. in like 2016 or something. But yeah, the okay, original yeah, one yeah. I think is like like 1999, and like I'm pretty sure that whole thing was like a found footage sort of like camcorder thing. I, I've not seen it. Yeah, but I, I'm I just know about that it. This was a bit because it was popular. I don't yeah, know. I, it's very. It feels really out of place. I know when the when the the remake came out, it was like really big in pop culture because i feel like that was kind of around the time when creepy pastas were a really big thing i don't know if you know what that is do you know what that is um i know like uh not well i i think i do but i know i think i know like copy pastas like i know mm. what like copy pasta is but is creepy pasta just a scary version of copy pasta well, i don't know i don't know what copy pasta is so the, the copy pasta is like it's like a really long message that you copy and paste and send to people, you know, and it's got like lots oh, of emojis and all that sort of stuff. And it's, okay. you know, like kind of. Yeah. So creepy, creepy pasta is basically, it was like a subreddit. I don't know if it was actually a subreddit, but the easiest way I can explain it being is a subreddit. So it was like a subreddit where people would tell scary stories and stuff like that. And Slenderman is something that started on creepy pasta. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yes, I remember. Okay. Yes. Then I remember. I remember a lot of the drama that came about out of Slenderman, and like the girls, the girls that, who killed their friend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to dive into that uh, in this episode <laughs> uh, for fear of demonetization. But uh, one thing that that we can't agree on though is that it, it's very weird to look back uh, and see them do this Blair Witch Project challenge in yeah. season one of survivor i'm i kind of wonder if it felt weird then or like if people were like just yeah, so into the blair witch project like it was everywhere sort of thing like i don't know i i was a baby when this season came out spoiler alert uh i'm not old enough to remember this uh so i don't know if it was a big deal or not i know the blair witch project was a big cultural phenomenon but it's very weird. It feels super out of place as a challenge here. Cause that's one thing that if we're looking at the challenges from this season, like 
almost all of them had a theme, which you don't yeah. see very often in Survivor today. I'd say probably if ever. And all of, most of them were like they were they themed kind of about the island, which are a few, but really it was just survival themed challenges. Like the one, like one that I remember was the um, like the rescue challenge. I don't yeah, know that what was really cool. It, but where I mean, they just hung up tribe mates out on parachutes in the jungle, and yeah, they had to they go had find to them, them and then bring them back on a stretcher. Like yeah, it's, that was cool. Yeah, the, the show is a about surviving and they're trying to like it seemed for a while like they're trying to put them in like survival scenarios and stuff and so i think that can also give us a clear picture of what they originally envisioned survivor to be is like people almost living out like us like like act like survival as if they were like stranded on a desert island sort of thing plus then the like voting out mechanic so there was a winner but i don't think that they were viewing it as as strategic a game initially based on the way the challenges were laid out as they seemed because of the theming, it seemed like they were going a different direction maybe. Yeah. And the challenges were only sometimes not even five minutes of the episode. They oh, were, yeah. they so were little of it. such, such a short portion because some of them only lasted not. Yeah. Some of some of them were so incredibly short. I'm trying to remember which ones like the archery one, the one where they had to shoot, the the bow mm-hmm. and arrow into the palm fronds that one was so short because well everyone well, just had shot one arrow well no because they had well it was three three parts right they had the blow darts the spear and then the archery well no 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 they right? did that but then they also had the the one for uh the video message that oh yeah yeah okay so uh, yes i remember so yeah there was that was the one where jenna really wanted it and yes. then greg took it uh yes. and we had to watch that horrendous video yes yeah. So the well, so then the other one. Oh no. So the other one was blow dart, spear, and slingshot. slingshot. That's what yes. it was. Yeah. Which or I thought javelin. that was kind it was of it cool. wasn't a bow. It was it was yeah. a javelin. Yeah. So yeah, spear, javelin, whatever. Um, but so yeah, though those challenges are pretty interesting to me. They were very short, but it was interesting that they were using like these different things. We still do have like these target practice sort of challenges in Survivor. But usually, they're just always the big slingshots now. Big slingshot or like ring toss or yeah. ball and hoop mm-hmm. are kind of the main ones. Or I guess they, they'll do like the throwing, like the sandbags at like yeah. blocks and stuff. But it's not the only tool that they really use now is the big slingshot. They're not using slingshots, bows and arrows, javelins, um, blow darts. Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, it was I almost, it is interesting and different now. Yeah, I almost similar mechanic. I almost, I almost wonder if it has to do with safety concerns or they just feel that those portions of challenges are outdated. Maybe a combination of both. Yeah, I'd say maybe a bit of both. I I think it's also probably, my guess would be, they want to make a challenge where as many people can participate and it be as equal a playing field usually as possible. And yeah. like with those ones where they had the three different kinds, they were splitting up the tribe. Like some did the blow dart, some did the spear, some did slingshot based on whoever was better at it. And I think like having those things around, like they're more, they require a little bit more skill than a big slingshot does or just throwing a ball or a ring toss. Like there are obviously people that are more skilled at it and do better in the challenges. And that's kind of like physical threats and all that sort of stuff. But in general, it's something that everyone can do regardless of like, their own personal experiences and background and whatever they're yeah. not 
I don't think they're as skill-based. That would be my main assumption is that it's sort of trying to even the playing field and make it something that anyone can come into and do, you know, someone who's a super fan and knows these challenges exist or someone who's never seen Survivor can go and pull a slingshot. You know, like I think yeah. that's kind of probably the idea. I am curious when they make that transition. Um, and that's going to be something really interesting to see as we're watching through all these seasons, like as they start redoing challenges, because we can already see elements of challenges today in season one. We can see some things that carry over. The one that comes to to mind the most is the the obstacle course physical race with like the green yeah. berets. That challenge is also what the green. most challenges look like now. The green berets being there was so random, very that weird. So didn't, funny, didn't get that. Um, but yeah, it was like the whole thing is that it was it was a military obstacle course was the thing, yeah. and so in Survivor now. Most challenges have an obstacle course of some yeah. kind. They have some bit of an obstacle course, whether it's like a really intense obstacle course or like a couple small obstacles. It's it's pretty normal that almost all, at least the like tribe challenges, have some sort of an obstacle course involved. And so you can see that yeah. starting here, but it yeah. has evolved. And I think one of the big the big differences I think in terms of the challenges was them not being multi phases. Whereas it seemed like when one tribe would be in the lead, that was just the tribe that was going to win. Whereas in immunity challenges today, you can be in last place. And then once you get to the puzzle, you can win. Yep. So I think that's something that the new era does better is Absolutely, giving yeah. every tribe a more fair chance. Because if you're not a super physical tribe, you can win because you can do the puzzles really well. And so... The challenges not being drawn out through different phases was really weird to see because, like, for instance, the first immunity challenge when all they were doing was just lighting fires in a sequence mm -hmm. till the very end. It was extremely straightforward. There was really no way for a tribe that was behind to catch up unless something mm -hmm. happened to the tribe that was ahead, like they fell down or something. So to yeah, see it, how the challenges have progressed in that aspect, I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's and, and that I think also comes back to the idea that we were talking about just a second ago with like leveling the playing field. It's yeah. the sort of thing where when you have basically, I, I think season one Survivor was very much like all the challenges were what now would be a leg of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And so they they had a good idea in that they had an interesting leg, but you really needed a couple or more of them. So that way, because like you said, yeah, if if you make a mistake... It, it's game over. Any mistake is is the end. That's why, like, in that first shot, I mean, that's why Sonya went home first is because she fell and was being dragged along. And it's mm -hmm. like, that can happen in Survivor today, and you can still recover. But yeah. here, it was, I mean, it was over. It didn't matter. There was no shot at possibly winning. So it requires, like, perfection to do well, and it's not as forgiving. And so I think Survivor today, it's it's a bit more forgiving on that aspect, but it also incorporates like i said before it incorporates multiple people like you might not be able to do the physical part really well but you might be really good at the puzzles or vice versa like the tribe can all contribute usually in different ways which makes it a lot more interesting to watch because it typically results in more evenly matched tribes uh, but then you still also always have it seems like at least in the last two seasons a tribe that just loses every challenge with yeah. tika and L was it lulu or luvu 
Lulu. Uh, Lulu. Tika and Lulu just, I mean, they just lost all of them. So yeah. it's hard to. I, I think that also is, could be a fault of the producers just not balancing the tribes well. Because if, if really, if you look at the tribes that started season 45, they're not very balanced. They're, they're just not in terms of their physicality. It's, it's very much not balanced. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't know about, I, I would, I would agree with that for 44, probably that Tika was just always at a disadvantage. I think, I don't know about 45 though, because 45 had like, there were multiple quitters on Lulu uh, that really affected it. Uh, so, and, yeah. and then also just people who didn't want to be there. But I think pro- maybe from a producer perspective, when you're looking at it, it looks more even than it was when it played out because they had people on the tribe who just didn't want to be there, which was crazy, which is why like, Sab- I-, I feel like Sabaya just got absolutely shafted by Sean, yeah. you know, deciding that he wanted to go home the episode after they voted her out and she wanted yeah. to be there, you know, yeah. and Brandon didn't really want to play. And then I can't even remember the name of the chick who quit it at the beginning. So it's like Hannah, Hannah. Sure. All of, I think that all contributed really heavily to Lulu losing as much as they did. Like, I, I just don't think you can deny that. I will agree though. In 44 with Tika, they were a pretty weak tribe um, just in general. But I don't know if they expected that. I mean, I think when you look at all the, tri- I mean, those, like the three, the Tika three, they made it all the way to the end. So they were strong as a tribe. They just weren't ever unified, the whole thing. Yeah. Which is, that pays a big part into it too, is the tribe dynamics. You could have the most physical, strong tribe of all time and lose every challenge because you're not on the same page. So I think that happens yeah. a lot too. Uh, an aspect of challenges that I think has been lost from one to forty-five, though, is a big portion of the the mental outplay, which yeah. kind of falls into the outweigh category, but more in just being able to win mental challenges because there are a portion mm-hmm. of almost every immunity challenge that's a puzzle, which yep. is great. But most people can do puzzles. I mean. You, once you watch a lot of episodes of Survivor, a lot of the puzzles are pretty similar. And so the puzzles are Carson definitely figured out. Yeah, exactly. But something that I really liked in season one that I wish they would keep doing was the challenge where you had to answer questions about the people on the jury. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really cool challenge. Because what's crazy, though, is that Kelly won that and still she didn't. And Richard was the worst at it. Yeah. And still Richard won and Kelly got second. But I think it's a really cool challenge because you can prove that you really cared about the people that you were out there with. So I think it's a really cool challenge. And I also really liked the island trivia challenge where they did trivia yeah. questions about Borneo. I like the idea that that one was more of just a reward challenge. It does seem maybe a little skewed if you try to do it as an immunity challenge because yeah. Obviously, there are just people who have more natural, better memories and intelligence than some people. But I would really like to see more kind of brainy challenges just because me, I, I really like trivia and things like that. So if I went on a Survivor, I think I would kill those challenges. Yeah. But 
I really like those challenges and I'm kind of bummed that they don't really do them anymore. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and so, so I agree with your point. I think that I agree. I like when they did the trivia for reward. Um, I think the trivia at the end about the jury, like I think I, I like doing that and seeing how observant you are and how much you like cared about the people and that sort of thing. I didn't, I don't love that being for immunity um, as much as I would like, I think you should be rewarded for having learned all that stuff, but I don't think you should be rewarded with immunity for that, mm -hmm. especially at the end of the game. I think that that puts a little too much on that because, you know, like we said, Richard won the game without knowing any of that stuff. It, you, you don't need to know those things to be a good player or to have good relationships. Um, but it is really interesting to see, like from a viewer perspective, to see what people latched onto. Like the fact that uh, Kelly knew Jenna's kids first and middle names. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, great. I mean, they're out there 24 seven together and I'm sure they became close, but that's just something that like, I don't know if I'd remember that I'd have a yeah. hard time maybe remembering her kids' names period. Mm -hmm. Unless, I mean, if she was talking about them a lot, I'm sure I'd remember, but that's just the sort of thing that like, I'd remember, okay, she has two girls, but yeah, I don't know. It is something that I, I agree. I think trivia challenges are cool and I'd like to see them have a comeback. What about um, like the physical challenges, especially at the end or like, cause we've talked a lot about like the tribal challenges. So maybe for just a second, I'd like to talk about like the individual immunity challenges and how those are a little different now. And then, yeah. uh, and then we can take a, take a break after that. And then we can come back and talk about like rewards, um, yeah. reward challenges more specifically, but, um, something that, I mean, survivor is, I, I think something that survivor does really well are these really cool solo immunity challenges at the end that, mm. you know, sometimes can go on, you know, for whole days. Like that, like there's some really intense ones that'll happen now. I mean, definitely hours and hours and they're really difficult and physically demanding and stuff. Um, we see some of those kind of them starting here. So like there's the endurance, like walking the plank one where they stand like out in the water on the balance beam and it gets smaller over time. Yeah. That's the mechanic we have today where they're doing something and whatever they're standing on gets smaller. It's not Jeff physically walking out into the water and removing a two by four uh, mm -hmm. each time, but we they move and progressively get smaller. Or things progress and get harder. Um, and then like the endurance at the end, like holding onto the, the stick or like the pole, we have endurance challenges. They're a bit more physically demanding than that. That one's, I mean, it's pretty simple for what we get today, but we definitely see the starting, the, the starting points of what we currently have as, as individual immunity. Um, all that to say, what did you think about the individual immunity challenges in this first season? Were there any that you'd like to see a comeback besides like that, you know, the trivia reward one or yeah. what are your thoughts on that in general? I think I agree with your point. We kind of start to see the beginning roots of what becomes the modern day individual immunity challenge. For instance, one that we had, I think it was last season, one that they did last season where you have to be under the grates as the tide is coming in. You have to hold your breath. And and so yeah, that one they did forty four I think was when they had that I think they didn't did they do it in forty five too okay well they no okay, because they didn't I I know they didn't because I remember because Katura was in forty five and I just don't think mm -hmm. they would have ever done that challenge with her um so I know 
in or in season one they do where you just have to hold your breath as long as you can so that kind of beginning root of that challenge i think is there so it's cool to see that things that they started to do in season one still carry over to 45 but i think a lot of these challenges are just significantly less intense than the ones that we see today that the the great one I would have a panic attack so fast in that. It's, I, I, it's legit. I it's tough. Yeah. I know that would be a challenge that I would do absolutely horrible at. And then there are just some challenges that are just super random. Like the one where you had to stand on the tiles and then move and then flip the tile over and you had to be kind of the last one with tiles left. I personally, I don't think that one really requires much skill at all. And I, mean, I, I think, think, I mean, it's a strategy. It's, it's, it's a strategy game, but uh, I think you also like you can sort of yeah. But you can I think you can get an advantage based on where your starting position is. I think some contestants have better starting positions than others, but I think it's still a cool challenge. It's just kind of weird and just probably not weird in the context of watching it for the first time, but definitely very weird in the context of the challenges that we have today. And then we kind of also see the first roots of the endurance challenges like you were talking about where you stand on the plank and the planks get shorter and then the one where they have to hold on to the totem pole as long as they can. But again, it's just they're just so much less intense than the ones that we have today. So standing yeah. on a plank is significantly less intense than ones where you have to hold your hand over a head over your head or you're supporting a ball on a post or you have to hold a totem on a ginormous pole. Things like that, I think you see the roots of the endurance challenges, but the endurance challenges are just taken to a whole other level in these new seasons. Yeah. I will say, before we kind of move on to rewards, one thing that I really liked, um, and I would love to see come back, but I just imagine it's far too expensive, but I thought was really cool, was the... um, I think it was called, it was like the out on a limb sort of one. It was the the jungle like ropes course yeah, thing. That was really cool. That was, was really cool. super cool. And I can't imagine that it already existed wherever they were filming. Uh, maybe it did, but I feel like I mean they had to. I think they built that for the show. Would just be my assumption. And it's like a a huge ropes course, and yeah. they had to get like was it like fifteen or eighteen like little trinkets and stuff like mm-hmm. it was pretty intense and required, you know, a lot of running and fast. And it was, it was really interesting. It was, I mean, it was shot weird just cause it mm-hmm. was older and it was like hard to really follow. And that's something that maybe we can talk about that too. A little later is like the narration of challenges too is mm-hmm. non-existent in season one. But I still, I think the idea of like this ropes course and the way it was done, it was just so different from anything we have today. Like I thought that was super, super cool. Uh, and I, I, don't, I thought that was really fun. I'm trying to remember the last season that they did it, but I know one of the seasons that I've seen that you haven't, they did something similar, was in Cambodia, uh, the second chance season. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time they've done it, but they did a super similar challenge in Cambodia where it's not a ropes course, but I think it's probably the closest thing to what they did. And it's honestly a really cool challenge, and I... I want them to bring it back because I really like it for a final. I I believe they did it for final immunity or the challenge before final immunity. 
So basically what they had was they had this kind of semicircle that fans out to a bunch of different stations. And so they would have to go to the station and complete that portion of the ropes obstacle course to grab a puzzle piece back and then bring it back to the main station. And so each station was different. One of them was you had to go across a tightrope with ropes hanging down to support you. One of them was you had to you had three boards to make a bridge. So you would have to place one and then go behind you, pick up mm-hmm. the other one and keep placing them to make a bridge. Other ones are just kind of uh, steps across. So pretty I'm a more modernized version of what we have but still one of the really cool challenges that i think when you see it you'll probably be like oh i can see how they took influence Mm -hmm. from this first challenge yeah and then i guess uh before the the last thing before we move on is that i just want to mention it because i think it's so funny but the challenge directly before the ropes course where they're it's like the carabiner challenge where they're on Mm -hmm. the lines and they're running they're going through and like jervis just ate dominated it uh but greg (laughs) Just we're just as cutting back and lost currently lost <laughs> that was one lost. of my favorite bits of the whole season <laughs> was that he was lost the whole time and instead of like in a current season where jeff would be narrating and be saying bro what are you doing he's still lost you know whatever yeah it's just text popping up at the bottom of the screen i thought that was yeah. really funny and and one of uh one of the, one of the better comedic moments in the show uh that and it was like production not not even like the people, the cast. It, it was really yeah. funny. And that's an episode eight. If you want to see, go watch it, see it. That that was an episode eight of season one. But it, it's really funny and cool. Um, but so like those two challenges were kind of ropes-y sort of things and kind of uh, look a little bit like challenges we get today and at least in the theory of what they are. And so we can definitely see the start of Modern Survivor all the way back in season one, which I think yeah. is really cool. So, uh, and as for... The one area that has changed a lot is rewards. So we're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about rewards in Survivor and if rewards now suck uh, <laughs> and why they were better back then. Yes. Uh, so, we'll, so we'll be right back with that here in just a second. So I think one thing that I really liked about reward challenges then season one was how some of them are really cultural to the area that they're in. So the one where Kelly went got to go out to a bar, granted it's with Jeff and she's seeing the 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 real reward is that she's going to a bar to hang out with Jeff, get a meal and see the promo for Survivor. But it's really cool that she got to go to a local village, a local bar, interact with the local people and Mm -hmm. see the culture. I think that was really cool. And I know they do it a lot in later seasons where they'll take them on trips to a waterfall where they can go cliff jumping or they take Mm -hmm. them through ruins of a temple that are in the local area. I think talent rewards like that are really cool and something that I wish they would continue doing. But since they're in Fiji constantly, I just don't think they really have the opportunity to do that because then it would just be the same thing over and over again, which probably would get a little boring. But I think something that's really cool is the kind of cultural rewards that you can Mm -hmm. get. And something that I 
wish that they would continue to do, but I think that's just a product of them being in the same place every time now. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the experience rewards are something they don't do anymore and I think are really cool where it was like, you know, the helicopter tour or getting like they did do that in the most recent season. Yeah, um, I think that, like, that was that, a cool one. They, they kind of brought that back, which was yeah. cool. Uh, because you, I remember you hit Austin and, and D and all that sort of stuff. But <laughs> so it was nice that they, they brought that back. But, uh, you know, the going out and spending the night on a yacht, you know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool. And then having, you know, your dad's there and hanging out with him. Like, that's a cool, that's a really cool reward. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely agree. Those sort of things where you're getting to do stuff more than just get food um, mm-hmm. is cool. Uh, but I do, I kind of disagree with your thought that if they did it every season, you know, because it's Fiji, it might get old. Because, I mean, right now, they just go to the sanctuary every time. Yeah. Like, they're already doing the same thing every season and it's getting old. But what makes it still interesting is that the people going on these things are are different each time. So it makes it mm-hmm. interesting. Like, I probably would never get tired of a couple people going out to a yacht every season. Like if yeah. they went out and got a, a night at a yacht, that also probably become a super sought after reward. And you could make it a really hard challenge because people would really want that. You know, you get food, you get to sleep in a bed, you get to take a shower, like that sort of stuff. Like, I think that those are really cool rewards that um, are more than just a food boost, but like really a morale booster. Mm-hmm. I do think though, probably the bigger reason why they don't do it, especially in this new era of Survivor is just time. It's they're not out there enough days for it to be worth it. I mean, if they're out there for an extra 12 days, then maybe, you know, it, it becomes those sort of rewards are necessary to yeah. keep morale up. But now people aren't out there enough for it to, I guess, for them to think it's worth it on a production side. But I will say, uh, and this is probably, I think, where most of our conversation is going to go, is that I feel like today rewards just aren't ever worth it anymore. No. I and, mean... Or are rarely worth it, I guess. Yeah. If you if you look at the rewards in 45, you have to point out the obvious of the rotisserie chicken. The, yep. Which was so comically bad. Everyone on Survivor Twitter and TikTok was just roasting the crap out of that reward and how just uninteresting it was. The fact that three people got to share a single rotisserie chicken not even have plates or utensils. They were just digging at it with their bare hands Mm -hmm. and no drinks. They probably had water, but they didn't give them beers or Cokes or anything like they usually do. Just Mm -hmm. a straight-up rotisserie chicken that you could get at Publix, which is just... That's the thing where... And and that's where I, I think that is... It speaks to an area where I think Survivor is struggling the most right now. And I think also could be an indicator as to why this season had two and a half quitters. You know, two people that quit and one that didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, like, really, like, there is, it's not, there's no motivation to keep going, I think, mm-hmm. for them. Like, they have no food, right? So they're already running on empty because uh, they don't have any rice or anything. And mm-hmm. then when they do get a reward, it's not worth it. Like yeah. they're not they're not being rewarded in a meaningful way. And so I think they just get like the contestants get demoralized mm-hmm. way faster 
And so then the weak contestants, they're just dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that either Survivor, they need to cast tougher players, which they probably do in this new format. Uh, or, you know, I think the better part, and probably a little bit of both, is they need a reason to stay out there more than, like, yeah, okay, a million dollars is a really good motivation. Uh, like, granted, like, I would I would suck it up and do it for a million dollars. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'll deal with it. But when you're there 24 hours a day, the day-to-day becomes hard if you don't have some change of pace, something to look forward to, something to keep you going, which is why, like, even, like, the letters from home challenges are always really cool or the family visit which they don't do anymore and i miss that. i know i also like, miss that a lot that that is like it's a thing that keeps people going because they're like i want to go because i want to do you know my dad's coming out here or whatever i want to mm-hmm. play survivor with my dad like that's keeping me going sort of like yeah that's i, I think you need more of that in survivor because sure a million dollars is really big motivation but when you're there on the island i imagine it's harder. Like it's harder than just thinking a million dollars. I mean, you're in it, you're living it. Obviously neither of us have ever been on survivor. So we can't speak to that from experience. Maybe we can get some people on the podcast in the future and ask them that. But that would be my theory is that, I mean, it's just harder to think about the money when you're on the Island and you're so deep in strategy and you're hungry. It's about day to day motivation instead of large scale motivation. I think I think another issue with the modern survivor rewards is the fact that they don't get them as frequently either since they're they're out there for 26 days but they have to do the same amount of immunity challenges in a shorter time they're doing they have to do all the immunity challenges and that just doesn't leave a lot of room for reward mm-hmm. challenges in yeah, previous and season and the seasons where they had 39 days they would do almost every single episode was a reward challenge, immunity challenge, reward challenge, immunity challenge. Mm-hmm. And so now they've lumped them together where sometimes they'll do uh, just a reward challenge and then the immunity challenge, but a lot of the times it's for reward and immunity, mm-hmm. which to me is not the way it should be. You shouldn't, the, the people who, immunity is the reward. That should be the yeah. reward. You shouldn't be rewarded beyond immunity because then the, Again, the other tribes are just getting demoralized even more. They're getting demoralized that they didn't win immunity and they have to go to tribal council, which is already punishment enough. And then they're getting punished beyond the fact that Mm -hmm. they didn't win any sort of reward. Yeah, I agree. I think, and that's something where like, you know, a tribe that, okay, maybe they lose immunity and they have to go to tribal council, but they could, if they won the reward, you know, a day or two before, or they win the next reward, even if they're not winning the immunity, like that's enough to keep them going and them not go back to back immunities, you know, yeah. and or go to back to back tribals. And so that could I think that also probably totally plays a factor in people being demoralized, is that, you know, it's just tribal after tri- we see that. We saw that with Lulu and Tika the last two seasons. It's just tribal after tribal after tribal after tribal. There's no mix up because they're just getting kicked while they're already down. Yeah. Um, and there's no room for them to recover from a morale standpoint. Just yeah. at all. It makes it really, it makes it, it makes it not very fun to watch either. Like too, like it makes it where it's like, you just sit you there and know you just, they're going to lose every time. You just start, I mean, you just feel bad for them. Yeah. It's, 
it's not there, I like I want to watch competition right there's a reason that like like in sports it's really not that fun to watch a blowout unless it's like your team and mm-hmm. even then you're kind of like it's kind of boring you know yeah I mean when, when when I go to when I go to Gator games or when I would go to Gator games when I was a student it's fun for the first three touchdowns and then it gets to a point where I'm just like yeah this is just boring we're just scoring yeah. over and over again and I want to go home. Yeah, it's well especially when it's like you know, it's a it's a team that they've paid, you know, a million bucks to come and lose and you're just sitting there beating up on them for 2 hours. It's it's not that fun. Granted, I mean, sure, it's exciting you won, cool. But it's like did you really win? It's not like it's not a big deal to beat them. And so yeah. it's something where that you see that in Survivor too. It's like, okay, sure. They're beating Tika every single week. They're beating Lulu every single week. Big deal. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? You're you've you've beat them every week. They're down. You're like, you're not. It's not real competition, you know, mm-hmm. or it doesn't feel like real competition. And a lot of that could be editing. Like, obviously, we're speaking just from our experience watching the show. But I I do think that it it makes it not as fun to watch. And I think like we see that a lot on Survivor Twitter too, is that it's hard to it's hard to watch pre-merge stuff a lot of times because you're just like you know it, yeah. it's the same thing kind of over and over and over everyone everyone likes everyone likes rooting for an underdog everyone likes an underdog story and i think that's also why people really wanted emily to win last mm-hmm. season and why so many people were rooting for emily because she came from a disaster tribe and she was the only lulu left but it's hard to root for the lulu tribe pre-merge because you're just you're just like they're they're just getting pummeled it's it's fun rooting for an underdog when you know they might have a chance but then it just gets to a point where you're just like just put them out of their misery or something yeah it's something where like like going back to a sports analogy i'm a denver broncos fan uh and this year was not a fun year to watch the broncos uh and it was something where they're just like they're just there were a lot of times they're just not playing good and i go in like not expecting a win and you know you think about this even with like you know, fans of teams in any sport where they're like perpetually bad every year. Uh, they, they're not expecting greatness. They're hoping for mediocrity. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you're hoping that things will change long term, but you know, it's not going to happen in a season. And so it's, it's a, that's kind of like a survivors, maybe a microcosm of that phenomenon, but it's the same sort of thing where it's like, you want the underdog to win, but after a little while, you're like, I mean, I know you're not. You're my favorite, but I can't. Like, I what else can I do other than just sit here and wait for you to be put down? You know? Yeah. Like, that's like you're just waiting on it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's where I mean, it makes it more rewarding when they do really well, like the Tika three, and you have Jam mm-hmm. Jam. You know, end up winning, and it's like okay, like it was cool. Like we were able to root for them. They made it the whole way. It was fun. It never lost the joy there, but it was. After they made the merge, pre-merge, yeah. it was really hard to root for Tika. Yeah, outside of Carson, I, I was rooting for Carson the whole time pre-merge, but mm-hmm. post post-merge, it was really easy to root for all three of them. So, as we're starting to wrap up here, something that we ended our discussion on at Wit was if we had two options and there was no middle ground of season one and season. 45 if there was no middle ground would you take what we had in season one or would you take what we have now in season 45 
because me personally, I think I would take what we have in 45 that, and contrary to what we said in Outwit, mm-hmm. where we said we would rather have just season one bare bones. But personally, I think I would rather have 45 because even though it can have its issues, I think generally most of the time it makes for entertaining television. I think yeah. the immunity challenges are leagues above where season one and the rewards tend to be not as great. But I think the pros of the immunity challenges outweigh the cons of the reward challenges for me personally and how it benefits just watching good television. So I personally yeah. would rather have what we have in 45. I agree. And that's where, like, honestly, like if it's all or nothing, right? If I can't, because re- realistically, like, I want like the challenges in 45 are better challenges by a mile yeah. by a lot because I mean it's just a better product it's a better show yeah and it literally the only thing I think that season one does better is the actual reward part of it mm-hmm. not even like the reward challenge isn't yeah. even different and so that's not even like an outplay portion of the game that's just a mechanic of the production so yeah. that's where like if, if we're saying like the outplay which one we prefer i would i mean i I agree i think it's what we have now is far better it has evolved a lot over you know almost a quarter of a century of time you know Mm -hmm. multiple decades it has evolved and uh, i would say probably been pretty close to perfected in the way that they do challenges Um, there are very few challenges that i want that we watch now and we leave it feeling like that challenge kind of sucked like not the way the performance went, but like the challenge itself, like they, I mean, they have whole teams of people that just make challenges and test challenges. And Mm -hmm. it's way more advanced than what they were doing in season one. I don't think it's even a competition at all. So Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, I absolutely prefer what we have now. Do I wish we had better rewards? Absolutely. Um, Do I wish we had some more trivia stuff thrown in there? Do I want them to bring back like, the like would i love them to bring back the eating challenge which we didn't even talk about from yeah season one yeah i would love that uh but at the end of the day i would i'd rather watch season 45's challenges for the next 10 years than watch season ones it's just more yeah. interesting yeah i agree well cool i think i would say the very last thing before we wrap because i think it, it falls into this is uh i think we have to mention we kind of mentioned it before earlier though is like how much and maybe we'll do a whole episode on jeff uh as well but how much and we the production of challenges has changed uh mm-hmm. to modern survivor and i just want to we don't have to discuss it or dive into it but i think it it bears mentioning and is worth noting that the show and especially jeff uh have improved so much since season yeah. one um that it's it's so incredibly impressive but like season one there's no commentary. There's no none of this. And it was something that I didn't appreciate before going back and watching season one again is mm-hmm. that like a lot of times I feel like I get really annoyed with Jeff and I feel like, bro, you're talking too much. Yeah. But when you go compare it to the opposite where he's not talking at not all, talking. Yeah. it was so hard to follow what's going on. Yeah. And so I prefer what we have now. Like, do I think he doesn't have to say everything? Yeah, uh, sure. But it kind of comes down to personal preference at that point. But it's infinitely better in the new mm-hmm. seasons where you can follow the challenges. Obviously, they're filmed better. Obviously, they're more thought out and all this. But I, I do want to just like acknowledge and commend like the show and production and Jeff for, you know, I don't know at what point 
they make that transition. I'm really interested to see that as we, we watch the seasons. Like, when does he start commentating and how much? I'm and really curious, even, especially in the next season. But he got really good at it as the, as the seasons have gone on, apparently. Yeah, and it, it started to come out there at the end. He would start mm-hmm. to say things every once in a while. He definitely wasn't commentating the whole time, but he would definitely mm-hmm. start to to say things and commentate a little bit. And so I think it was starting yeah. to come out. So I'm interested to see to what level it is taken in season two and how much it changes just between that time frame. But yeah, and I think also even beyond just production the explanation of challenges where he explains how the challenges ran and they show uh, people where you don't see their face. You just show them, they show them running the challenge. I think that's a really nice aspect of just yeah. watching the show. Yeah, they got really good of, at that now. A lot of the times I would just be like, well, I don't even know what they're trying to do. Yeah, it was, it's very, it was very confusing as a viewer. Um, I'm sure they explained it great to the, con- the contestants because they all did it fine. But mm-hmm. it, it was something that it was clear that you know they're out there filming this and then they get back in the editing room and they're doing the best that they can so i'm really curious to see the changes that they make and that's where you know we're going to move here into season two very shortly uh to see what changes they make uh immediately in terms of like all right when they're filming do they have parts of the edit in mind and so i'm really interested to see that um and i think like one uh, uh something that probably led to you know, Jeff not being able to commentate is most of the challenges were happening like away from him. He just wasn't there seeing it and present. So yeah. I'm interested to see at what point the challenges become more like localized to like, all right, we're playing in this field sort of thing instead mm-hmm. of like, all right, go run out in the jungle with the camera. You know, like it's just different now. So I'm really interested to see how the challenges evolve and grow over the seasons. I think they have improved. Now I'm interested to see where they take those steps. And I think that's going to be, this is going to be a thing we'll be able to keep coming back to um, over the next, you know, weeks and months as we're watching through all the seasons of Survivor and see how they evolve, how they grow, where iconic challenges have their first appearance. I'm really excited to see all that sort of stuff. I think yeah, there's going to be a lot too. of cool things to come. But do you have anything else before we're done here today? We've been talking, you know, we're at, at an hour mark and talk about challenges a lot. Um, you have anything else that you got, you got left that you want to leave this on? No, not that I can think of. I think we covered all the bases. Sweet. Cool. Well, uh, thank you if, if you've been listening to this. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, we want you to let us know. Um, there's a little poll if you're listening on Spotify. Uh, you can let us know what you think, what you want us to talk about. Feedback on the podcast is great and always appreciated. Uh, we're just, you know, like we've said before, we're two friends watching through all the seasons of Survivor, and we're looking to document that journey. Uh, specifically, you know, for people who maybe don't have the time to watch all the seasons or uh, have seen them and don't want to watch them again, but want to relive the golden days. So mm-hmm. we're going back through them. I'm excited. We're about to get into season two of Survivor. But before that, we've got one last little episode that we're going to record where we're talking about um, the outlasting portion of Survivor, talking about like the survival aspect of Survivor. And that's something mm-hmm. that's really excited to us because uh, that's changed a lot over the years and even in the last five years it's changed a lot in survivor so i think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with that that being said thank you so much for listening this has been the idle talk podcast uh you can follow us on instagram at idle talk podcast and you can find us on spotify apple podcasts and youtube uh clearly you already found us and you're listening to us we appreciate it thank you and we hope that you have a great day we will see you in the next one thanks for listening bye